Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Guess what, listeners? We are officially into season two of the podcast that's right season one is behind us we left it in the dust we are on to season two so steve what what exciting things do the listeners have to look forward to in season two what plot twists and climactical changes uh are in store for these great great listeners well uh like any good show out there we have to come up with brand new things to keep the listeners tuned in so one of us is going to have to kill the other one this season <laughs> uh i believe tomorrow is the national holiday of sacrifice so probably tomorrow so be ready buddy perfect all right moving on moving no, up no, dustin, dustin what other changes are we going to make uh, i think we're going to start recording this naked dustin i'm naked right now yeah because it's season two welcome to new beginnings my friend Dustin, season two, we're killing the idea of drinking beer. From here on out, we're drinking wine every single episode. <laughs> little like uh, Bachelor in Paradise style thing. You know what? This, this podcast needs to get more sophisticated. And while wine is no more sophisticated than beer, in reality, in people's minds, it is. So we got to take it to a whole new level. That's why okay. Steve's drinking box wine. <laughs> box wine. I can get behind this. Yeah. What are we going to kill from the old show? Uh, I don't know. Why don't we leave this to the listeners? Why don't we have the listeners jump into the super secret mm -hmm, Facebook mm -hmm. group? Yeah. No. And, no. and um, <laughs> we're going to kill that thing where you make that joke, that bad, bad joke you always make about how you don't listen to the podcast. We're, we're going to kill that for real. It's going to be dead. It's going to be gone. Which podcast? I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we make this for you, for the listeners, not for me. I'm just, I'm just here to create. I really hate Dustin so much. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a fun year. I'm so grateful and so thankful for all of you who stuck with us for a solid, solid calendar year of silly Stephen and Dustin shenanigans and have kept with us this long. We really appreciate you. Theme music. Got to get some new theme music so you can stop paying to license this song every single week. Hmm. That's what we have that Patreon for. <laughs> Let's move into follow-up. Copyright talk, Dustin, what's up? You sent that cease and desist? Have you heard anything back? Is your lawyer back from vacation yet? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, sent the cease and desist. Um, ironically enough, uh, just the other day, my lawyer was exchanging emails back and forth with the... Uh, business owner and then out of the blue uh, I got a phone call from his business partner surprise surprise um, tw plot twist if you will um, he's a local sort of business entrepreneur owns a bunch of local businesses not someone I necessarily really wanted to uh, get uh, bad blood with because he owns a, a, a ton of companies in Fort Wayne yeah and but now you got bad blood and you used to have mad love no, no bad blood. He just simply said, hey, uh, I really don't want to see this thing go to court. Uh, I'm going to pay you half of what you ask for. What do you think of that? I said, if you can pay today, 
done deal. He had a check waiting for me at his office. I swung by, picked it up. Bada bing, bada boom. How much did you have to pay your lawyer? Uh, she's a personal friend, so we just uh, agreed. She wanted a free family session out of it, and she was good. Wow. That's all she wanted. Wow. I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah. That might be the nicest lawyer in the world. That's fantastic for you, Dustin. Yeah. But no, it was great because it was funny that the client or the, not the client, the, um, the business owner that I was after was still emailing back and forth that he wasn't going to pay up when I already had the check in my hand from his business partner. Yeah. Cause his business partner sounds like he knows how to run a business. Exactly. And Gosh. so I had her, I told her about it and she just emailed him and said, well, I told her to email him after the check had cleared. And once mm-hmm. the check cleared, she emailed him and said, I'm closing out this case. Your silent business partner has taken care of this. Um, so yeah, don't worry about it. But then wow. he had the then he had the audacity to email back and ask, so can I get a copy of the photo? <laughs> Which I thought was super funny. What the the balls on this dude. After he said he didn't even like the photo and he wouldn't even have used the photo if he hadn't already thought he paid for it when he got the vehicle wrapped. Wow. Wait, what? Is the photo on a vehicle that's wrapped? Yeah, that was the whole premise. Where have you been, Steven? Listening to every single episode of this podcast and editing it and producing it. When the hell was there ever any discussion of a vehicle being wrapped? Was it when I wasn't paying attention to you tonight while you were talking about it, or was it some other time? So this whole situation happened when I photographed a house for a vehicle wrap company. The vehicle Mm -hmm. wrap company was providing the proof of the vehicle wrap to the roofing company. The roofing company then swiped the image from the proof. Dustin, this is all new information that you've never shared before. Yeah, I shared this, I think. No, you did not. Oh my gosh. So yeah. <sighs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's still a copyright infringement. So, oh but, yeah. Yeah, geez. for sure. It's okay. Dustin, next up, follow up for you, Mr. Dustin McKibben. Did you Photoshop the CZ off that ring? I assume you did, but I want to hear it from your mouth. I did. Yep. I, I left out any of the photos where it was blatantly obvious that it was on there. The ones where we kind of backlit the ring. Um, but the ones where it was just very faint, I went ahead and I, I nuked it. I took it off. Nice. Sorry, sorry, Steven. Man, I was hoping you left it on. There'd be a great story there, but no, no, nothing. You just, I'm still getting a lot of people uh, messaging me about it and asking me, um, if I talk to the, the bride and groom about it, um, they should be getting back from their honeymoon this weekend as we record this. And so... I am still going back and forth whether or not I'm going to say anything. Um, If you photoshopped it out of the photos, you're not saying anything ever to them about it. Well, they don't have to know I photoshopped it out. It can simply be just how we photographed it. Because to the naked eye, you can't see it. It's only when light passes through the back of the diamond. Yeah, what I'm saying is you're never bringing this up with them. Mm, We'll see. I mean, like you, I did a tremendous amount of research, and I can't find anywhere where it says that anyone sells any cubic zirconium diamonds where they blatantly put it in giant letters across the front of the diamond. I know. That's why this is so weird. Because even if it was cubic zirconium, they wouldn't want to make it that obvious. It would be like so, like super small or some other way of you know seeing it. 
Because even if you were wearing cubic zirconium, you wouldn't want it to be like that visible, I think. Yeah. I feel like if the light hits it just right in the daytime, you'd be able to see that with the naked eye. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. So another bit of follow-up. Last week on the podcast, Dustin told listeners to watch our Instagram for stories of us shooting together on Friday. But Dustin and I, at the time the podcast was released, had already shot together two days prior on Friday. So he was trying to get people hyped to go watch the Instagram account for the wedding photo hangover, knowing, not realizing that the episode would come out after we shot together. So if you did look at the Instagram account looking for those good, good stories, that's, that's, our, that's on us. I should have cut it out of the podcast and Dustin should have not said it. I, uh, I only operate in real time, listeners. I operate in real time. And, you know, always just always stay tuned for the Instagram stories because you never know what might drop in there. <laughs> so can we move on into alcohol talk? <music> Dustin, what are you drinking tonight? Steve, I, I just came from uh, the bar with some family. So I've already had a little too much to drink myself. Nice. Uh, but yeah, someone gave me this little this little ditty of Crown Royal. Nice. So yeah, I might break that open here a little bit later. What do you got? What do you got rolling up on that whiskey, little whiskey lips of yours? Tonight, Dustin, I am drinking a Red Volution from oh. Boda Box. That's right. I wasn't joking. We're going all wine. This is a dry red. It's delicious. And it comes in a box. The box is like... What is it, like four bottles of wine fit in one box? And I can just put it anywhere in my house and just squirt it out whenever I want. <laughs> kind of like you. Yep. Put it anywhere in the house and just squirt you out. <sighs> oh, and that is delicious, Dustin. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. It's, a, it's a very nice bouquet. It's got some uh, good flavor to it, but it doesn't have that sweetness. I can't stand sweetness in my wine. But I can't take it if it's like so dry that it tastes like uh like dirty feet. Mm, that's not good mm. either. Yeah, that that sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, typically when I go shopping for any sort of alcohol, I'm like, I want it to taste like clean feet, not like dirty feet. That's just kind of my thing. That's how well, I do. You know how that's created? It depends on whether or not they wash their feet when they're smashing the grapes. Mm, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I would think like you you want a little bit of dirt on there. You got to get that good dirt into the grapes, right? No. no, no, no. You don't want them to walk on like some peat moss and then like get in there with the grapes. No, give it, I give it I like it flavor. when they when they get like a nice pedicure situation going on, and then they kind of like sugar. <laughs> you can, they you sugar, can taste the polish. <laughs> the, yeah, the nail they polish. Sh- they sort of sugar glaze their feet with sort of like a margarita sugar type thing going on uh, where they step in water and then they step on a sugar pad and then they get in there on those grapes and they just crunch that sugar in real good. Give me that sweet wine. That sounds delightful, Dustin, but it's time to move on into topics. Dustin, first up on our topics, we shot a wedding together Stop. last week. Did we? We did. Oh so, my. Uh, first off, for everybody who listens to the podcast, you know that I have crapped all over Fort Wayne every single chance I get. That's where Dustin lives. It's a terrible, terrible city with lots of strip clubs. Um, <laughs> 
but they're, they're very nice. They're very nice establishments. Great buffets. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, I was very impressed. When I was in Fort Wayne this week, uh, working with you, it seemed like every single person on the street who was just walking by knew who you were. Every single person who came to the venue, whether they were there for the wedding that day or for some other thing, because the venue's like a theater downtown that we're shooting at, they all seemed to know Dustin as well. Uh, it just seemed like a really tight-knit, cool community that you were in, and I was a little bit jealous. And oh. also, one of your, uh, one of your sh video shooters also from Fort Wayne. Everybody seemed to know him too. And I was just like, wow, this is a, it's actually a pretty cool community. And I'm yeah. sorry I shit on it all the time. It's okay. None of them listen to this podcast, so no one knows how much you shit on them. <laughs> because of all the times in the past when I've shit on them. Now, the weird thing was, um, a lot of the people who came who did seem to know Dustin very well were definitely strippers. <laughs> He's referring to the fact that everyone at this wedding was very good looking. Um, and in Steve's mind, if you're good looking, you, you must no, strip no. for a living. Nope, that is not where it comes from, Dustin. <laughs> it comes from me just wanting to make a joke. All right, so Dustin, there are six people on can, your team. Can, can we just stop for a second, though, and talk about how classy you look with that glass of wine in your hand? The way you roll your wrist in and do like one of these. Yeah, Dustin, you kind of okay. pinky out there. There's no pinky out. The pinky's tucked behind the sound. It's a hypothetical pinky out. A hypothetical pinky, a metaphorical pinky out. <laughs> Holding a glass of wine is a metaphorical pinky out whenever you're drinking. Uh, Dustin, so I want to talk a little bit. There were six people on your team. For people who were fortunate or unfortunate enough, however you want to phrase it. Seven the, if you count the intern. The Instagram story. No, I was counting the intern. Six with the intern. Oh. Three videographers, you and your wife, the intern. I kind of count you as two people because you're just that talented. And I'm that large. I need to work out. I know. Thank you for reminding me, buddy. I mean, it's hard and it's rough when you do it right here on the podcast and it breaks me down a little bit, but I need that because if nobody's breaking me, I will never get better. I just want to break you in two, so I really have two of you. No, oh, if you could break me in two, I'd send one up to Fort Wayne to live with you all the time. Oh, then I could have someone to play Smash Brothers with me. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you broke me in two, it, that one would only have one hand, so it'd be kind of <laughs> hard for him to play Smash Brothers, and, you know, it'd be kind of messy, too. I assume. Oh, oh, Guts. Oh, blood. Gross. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it was it was a lot of people. Uh, what'd you think of that? Give me, give me the lowdown. It seemed like you thought it was a bit overkill. Um, it was great during the ceremony. It was great during the toast dances, that kind of stuff. Where it was overkill was when we went out to do portraits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there were just too many people. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me give you kind of the, the lowdown on my thought process. Um, so traditionally, we bring two guys for video and obviously my wife and I for photography. And I knew Steven did not own any Sony equipment. And we also had another wedding going on that day uh, elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so my normal video guy, Aaron, he was shooting with all of my Sony equipment at that wedding. Oh, so I only had the backup stuff. But I had the so, A7R three. I had the best correct. stuff. Correct. So I saved the best for Steve. Oh, thanks, and then bud. I brought, uh, so I had the choice of bringing on a third shooter um, that was just kind of a guy to help schlep gear from place to place. Or 
um, bring on somebody slightly more talented, but also had a lot of equipment. And so I chose and a option license to pilot a drone and a license to pilot a drone since we were shooting downtown. Uh, not that any of his drone stuff was really worth anything. But, Ouch, dude. You told him to listen to the podcast and now you're, you're putting him on blast like that. Well, I'm just a little disappointed with the drone footage. I'm definitely going to have to go shoot more this week. With your unlicensed, you're unlicensed and you're going to go shoot more. Yep. Well, you had a licensed person there on the day, so if anybody asks, it was exactly. just his footage. Exactly. Oh, no, he just, oh, he went outside. I'm going to, I love this guy to death, but he went outside and he just shot one shot of the exterior of the building. He moved a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. He went up a little, down a little, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, for someone who's licensed, I was expecting at least, you know, fly back a little bit and then kind of fly towards the building or do something. He literally just got, you know, in frame is just the sign of the building. That's it. So there's no dramatic drone shot at all. And so... So you needed somebody to go out there and babysit him and tell him what to shoot? Pretty much. Um, so I'm going to have to go out this week and, and do another drone shot. I mean, that that could be a big problem because, like, getting licensed to fly a drone is more of a it's more of a technical thing than it is necessarily an artistic thing. Not saying that he's not artistic, but just saying I feel like a lot of people who might get licensed to fly a drone are people who are more into the technical aspect of, like, flying a drone and, like, they, they're into technology and they want, like, gear and stuff like that. Um, not necessarily that they're into the artistic side of things. I feel like that's what happens sometimes with stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen his drone shots in the past for videos he's done for his own company, and they look great. Uh, so, so you think he was half-assing it because he was working for you? Yep. I think he was phoning it in a little bit on that drone shot. You wanted him to whole-ass it, but he would only half-ass it? That's why I bring Steve, because Steve gives me 110% regardless. Yeah, I always give you the whole-ass. And just to give you a little frame of reference, uh, that shooter that I had along shot about 27 gigs total, and Steven shot 120 gigs total. I was shooting all day. I was trying to get good footage for you. Yeah, and he was shooting the exact same amount of time you were shooting. <laughs> or, I mean, he was there. I don't necessarily mean he was shooting, but he was there the exact yeah, but same. Yeah, I, I was also down with the groom and the groomsmen, getting shots of them while he was uh, like shooting with the drone and stuff, and I was doing all the detail shots. And Yeah, I don't know what he was doing during that time. Well, you should probably look at the amount of footage he shot, like time-wise, as opposed to looking at the just the raw gigs, because he might not have been shooting at 100. You always have it set up to shoot at, uh, what is it, 100 megabits per second? He might have been shooting at like 60 or 50 megabits per second or something like that. That's true. Plus, there's one point in time where I flipped over to 120 frames per second, and then I forgot to flip off. It was during portraits, and by the end of portraits, I caught it and flipped off. But, you know, you're going to have fine. a lot of real slow motion portrait shots from me, <laughs> if you That's want them. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it all it all turned out great. It, it was a really, I mean... This was a high-profile wedding for me, and I was really trying to cover my bases. Um, we had our intern along with us to help. She got some great shots as well, and she was a, a, a big benefit because, as some of you listeners might know, my wife and I had a baby this year, so 
my wife had to step away at some points to do the whole milk thing and <laughs> the, the whole milk thing produce milk i don't know what you politically correct way to call it when you say the whole milk thing i'm just um, imagining your wife in a room with a gallon of whole milk just chugging chugging it yep that's it once you have a baby your wife has to go chug whole milk yep every few hours <laughs> gotta keep the calories up you know it's an it american it's an american thing if you're not um, chugging whole milk you can't produce whole milk that's how it works but at the end of the day um even though I know some some jokes were made about the the amount of people we had, I think we we captured every aspect in multiple angles in multiple ways, and I think we we just killed that wedding and did a really good job. Um, one thing I would say I learned from this wedding is don't ever have um, two video guys on gimbals at the same time. That was a little mm. bit a little bit silliness. Oh it just, yeah. Yeah, it's see, not, a lot of the 120 gigs that I shot for you, you're just going to have to throw out because one of the two gimbal guys was walking in front of my shot a lot. Right. So, <sighs> Yeah. Well, it's like when, I, when the one guy asked me to be on the gimbal, I was kind of picturing more of like, oh, it's just like a, tri he'll just be like a tripod. He'll stand there stationary on the gimbal. And every that, now and then that's he what might. That's what your good, good friend did from yeah. Fort Wayne. Right. He was and basically like, like a tripod with his gimbal because he saw what the other guy was doing and, you know, then decided yeah. to stand back. Yeah. And after looking through the footage, I wish it would have been reverse and I'd had my good, good friend who normally shoots for me do the movements and have the other guy stand oh, stationary. I really hope this guy doesn't listen because, man, you were just putting him on blast tonight. He was actually a super nice guy, super sweet the whole time, very helpful. Um, I ran into some problems because it's been, what... Four or five months since I shot with you, which means it's four or five months since the last time I shot on a Sony A7R3. And I was just, I didn't remember all the setting stuff. So he walked me through some of the stuff. Very helpful. Very nice guy. Yeah. No, he's great. He's uh, very talented. So I brought him. I wouldn't mm -hmm. bring someone because they're not talented. Just not as talented as the other guys I had. Oh, Dustin. How many gigs of footage did Luke give you? Uh, same as you. Damn it. I wanted to beat him. Ah, I'm so disappointed that's, now. That's why I was kind of like, whoa, he and Steve collectively shot like 200 gigs and the other guy shot like 30. You know how we do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's going to take me three years to go through all this footage. I think one of the hard parts of any time that you're working with somebody who runs their own business is when they're shooting, they know I'm only going to use this, 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 and this. And so instead of necessarily shooting everything that you would want coverage wise for your style and your sort of video, they're going to go out and they're just going to shoot the things that they would want for their coverage for their video. So he's going to shoot like five different things and be like, I know in my video, I would just use that one that I got. I don't need to shoot anymore. Um, instead of being like, you know what? I shot it that way, but Dustin shoots like his pans a little bit slower or a little bit faster, or I don't know how he shoots them, so I'll give him a slower <laughs> one and a faster one. You know, or stuff Dustin like that. doesn't know how he would shoot his pants because he just yeah. does whatever makes sense at the time. No, I mean, well, I mean, that's a lot of it too. Like you you go through in the edit and kind of figure that stuff out and fix it up. And that's one of the huge benefits of editing your own videos is then you figure out what it is you like. So then when you go to like actually shoot, you don't end up shooting a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit your style and what you want. Correct. So Dustin, I have one question for you. Did your intern know 
that I was going to be shooting with you at that wedding beforehand. No. So she showed up at the wedding, no idea that I was going to be there. No, I did not forewarn her that, by the way, Lily, the great, great Stephen Van Elk, the greatest of Indiana men. I'm coming to a point with this, Dustin. I know. (laughs) So when uh, your intern showed up, I had stepped out of the groom's room because I was trying to call you because I felt like I'd captured everything I needed there and I wanted to see if you needed me anywhere else or if I should start shooting detail shots around the ceremony location. And around a corner came a young girl and she was standing there and I go, hi, I'm Steve Van Elk. Were you looking for, no, I didn't say my name. I said, hi, I'm Steve. Were you looking for the groom and the groomsmen? And her response to that was, oh my gosh, I recognize your voice. Are you Steve Van Elk? And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's Did like, I'm Dustin's famous? intern. And I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, I thought Dustin specifically told you not to listen to this podcast. Oh, I do. I say, Lily, please do not waste your time on such frivolous things, such as Stephen Van Elk ridiculing you on the podcast. I would never ridicule her. She is very sweet and very nice. Yeah. She had a very, very earnest question that she asked at the table. And um, should, I, could barely, I could barely hear what anybody was saying. It was so loud up there. And I know that the register of my voice, like the volume or the tone that I talk at mixes in with room noise. So like whenever I talk to people at stuff like that, I keep hearing them say, can you speak up? Can you speak louder? I'm like, I'm speaking very loud. It's just, it blends right in with everything in the oh. background, a low rumble. Her and I had a conversation last week about it. And she said that she was really uh, appreciative of the talk we had at dinner. Um, uh, so for the listeners out there who are curious what we're discussing here, um, my intern was debating whether or not to continue with her collegiate education, uh, for photography Mm -hmm. and, uh, or just use that money that she would spend on tuition to pick up some newer, nicer gear and just kind of start pushing into photography more versus, get sort of a liberal arts education that isn't necessarily going to really further anything photographically for her. And the, I think, unanimous conversation at the table was about this at dinner. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone was trying to point her in the direction of not continuing with her education, some more passionate than others. I would say uh, one person passionately told her to continue with her education. Nobody yeah, can take that? an education from you, Dustin. That person was me. Yeah. I just told her maybe not to continue doing photography education, but to continue on to get a college degree, maybe focus on business or marketing, because she can pick up all the photography stuff she needs to know by interning with the great Dustin McKibben. Which is exactly what I told her, but then when she informed me that regardless of whether or not she goes back to school this fall, she was definitely not going back to school in the spring uh, because she's getting married and she didn't want to live apart from her fiance then husband. And so I said, well, if you're not going back in the, in the spring, then why the heck would you go this fall? It doesn't make sense to just go pay, you know, 15, $20,000 for one semester. If you already know in your mind, you're not going to continue come this, you know, the spring. This is what I would say um, if you're listening out there right now, Dustin's intern. Are we allowed to say your name on this? Yeah. Have you said her name? Yes. Really? Um, look, this is young love. You're not married yet. Go back to school. You might meet someone better. 
<laughs> That's terrible. I'm, I'm just joking, her. of course. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But cool. you no, know, I think I think it's the right call. We discussed that she should uh after she gets married and he finishes school, if she feels that photography isn't for her, then wherever they decide to settle down for his job, um that that would be a great opportunity then for her to to transfer those first year of college credits and pursue, you know, marketing or advertising or whatever she might be into by then. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like a lot of us, we go to school right after high school thinking we want to do one thing and, you know, deciding five years later, God, I wish I would have known I would have been so into X, Y, Z. So... I don't think, you know, society as a whole, we really push people to go to school right away. And I think not, we don't always know exactly what we want to do. This is what I would say. If you're out there listening and you're thinking about going to school for photography, you can learn a lot more shooting, which Dustin and I have kind of already talked about. Um, But if you want to run your own business, it's better to go to school for business or marketing. And you don't need to go, uh, your intern's going to like a private Christian school. She can transfer to a public, like, state school somewhere close to where uh, her and her husband will be living in the spring. And even, you know, if it's just a community college, like, you're going to learn things in, like, a business and marketing class that you pay for a lot more if you don't know once you start a business. Like, if you don't know how to market yourself, like, that's a hard lesson to learn, and you have to learn it very fast. So if you can get any sort of knowledge in school and apply that to your business to help grow it, that's going to be awesome. If you can get any sort of knowledge about, like, how to set up a business, how to run a business, how to do bookkeeping, stuff like that, like, that's going to be super beneficial. The worst thing you can do is start, like, your photography business and, you know, do something really... Really, mm, I want to say dumb, but I feel like a lot of people might think that's mean. But it it'd be really dumb to start a photography business and not get your taxes in line and pay your taxes, or to spend more money than you're making and bankrupt your business and stuff like that. So any sort of classes you can do that'll help teach you like the foundations and fundamentals of that stuff will be super important for the success of your business and staying in business and keeping like shooting. Um, whereas, you know, going to photography school doesn't necessarily mean you'll be able to shoot when you get out, especially because photography schools don't typically teach wedding photography and it's very different. It's so much more fast paced. There's like, I feel like when I'm shooting a wedding, I'm running all the time. Whereas when I'm shooting something for like a business or something like that, it's like, I'm not running. Like I'm, I still hustle, but like, I don't feel like that. I gotta be here. I gotta be here. I gotta be here. I'm so tense. I might miss something. Cause you know, we just ask them to redo it. Like it's not a big deal. Right. Dustin, you give me a look and you looked off to the side of your computer. I know you have family in town. Do we need to wrap this up? No, I think we're, we're okay. Dustin, um, do you want to talk about any problems that arose on the day while we were shooting? Um, uh, other than just what I spoke about earlier, just about, you know, the only downside to uh, three video guys is people get in the way, especially, you know, but, you know, I think... Other than that little tidbit, if that's the the worst that happened, I think we're good. Yeah, that's not really a big problem. I would say in the future, like if you're doing that, have like one guy stick with uh, like cocktail hour or some other thing like that and just see, like tell him just pick up only stuff that's interesting. Don't just like shoot a crowd or whatever. But like just if you see something super interesting, shoot that because we don't need three people 
swarming or six people in that case swarming like a bride and groom on a shoot that's my opinion you might have a different opinion which since it's your business would be a much more valid opinion (laughs) well well in all honesty yeah it was just um i mean we had all three of you on different lenses and different focal lengths so that you know one could be picking up an 85 one was on a two you were on a 200 and then the other guy was on a wide. Oh, and I was so, supposed to be at 200? I kept it at 85 the whole time. And then that way we were kind of picking up different... Dustin's different, eyes when I just said that. <laughs> different shots uh, without having to constantly redo the same thing. So we would get kind of a sequence all in one take was always sort of the goal with that mentality. Um But yeah, I mean, while we were doing the portrait stuff, though, there was no cocktail hour. There was no... There was nothing for anyone else to really be doing because you had already done the detail stuff for the ceremony site um, and the reception wasn't set yet. So there wasn't a whole lot we could do as far as details. I mean, I'll go back and redo the drone shot that the one guy wasted 30 minutes on. But Damn, still just putting him on blast. Come on, Dustin. (laughs) But... Yeah, I don't know. I think it all in all, it went really well. Uh, I was really stressed about this wedding going into the month of, and I think we pulled out all the stops and I put some teasers on Facebook and sent them to the bride and she was in love with them and happy with them. So that's, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that I can close the chapter on that one. So I got a question for you. Um, During the actual ceremony, it's kind of dim. And I saw you threw up lights. Was that something you discussed ahead of time with the bride and like something she wanted that you provided? Uh, it's not something we discussed ahead of time in, as in whether or not we would do it or not do it. I said, if I saw, if I thought we would need them, I would bring, I would, uh, set lighting up. Um, I went to the rehearsal the night before and saw how dim it was and how flat the lighting was. And so I had this idea to put a bit of an edge light on the bride during the ceremony. Um, And I had spoken to the groom at the rehearsal about kind of offsetting um, a little, like angling a little bit to the bride so that the light would be hitting her and he wouldn't be casting any kind of funky shadow. And as Steve promised would happen, um, he forgot. Dustin, I'm so glad you brought up that I promised that would happen. However, uh, I spoke to the video gentleman that was stationed near that light and he was supposed to move it if it became problematic or just turn it off. And he did neither. So that kind of pissed me off. However, from the, the straight on shot, it really wasn't too bad of a problem. You couldn't see the shadow very bad. It was just from sort of like where you were at that angle was mm-hmm. really was really problematic as far as the little half crescent shadow that the groom was casting on the bride's face. The problem anytime you're doing video is you always say like, hey, stand here. I'll put like tape down, gaff tape, so you can see like an X. And they get nervous, like the, the bride and the groom get nervous when they're actually up at the ceremony. And they don't remember that. They're just there to get married. So whenever you try to set something up like that, in my mind, it's just like, it's good that you took the initiative to set it up. And I think that was a really smart thing, Dustin. And I wasn't trying to like say you're an idiot or anything at the time. I was just saying, this isn't going to work because he's going to forget because they always forget. 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's just one of those things. So it would have been awesome if uh, the other videographer had remembered to move the light or whatever. But, you know, in the moment, he's probably super worried about getting the shot, having like a good shot and stuff. And he probably didn't even think, oh, I need to go run and grab that light. So no, I don't think it's a big he, deal. Like the way he, he did, Corinne asked him, hey, do you think we should move that light? And he said, no, nah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jeez, just really, it's all the same guy. You just, you're just putting him right on blast, blast, blast. Well, I mean, let's just say you and the other guy who was shooting did fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's so sweet of you to say, Dustin. I felt like you did a fantastic job too, but I was a little bit upset because when you pulled him out to do night shots, I got stuck doing all the dancing footage video-wise. Well, I, I knew you... I knew you were getting ready to leave soon, and I didn't happen to see you when we were going outside. So I was in the middle of the dance floor, just surrounded by all these sweaty bodies, all the sweaty stripper bodies. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did have some good, some good dancers there towards the end. Did you happen to get some pizza? They had a, a nice little midnight snack there. Come right before you left. I left before the pizza, but I did get some of those ice cream sandwiches. Corinne told me I had to do that. So. Yeah, I'm and nervous I got, because I got I the didn't know about I didn't know about the ice cream sandwiches, so I never got like a photo of them. Um, your videographer Luke got a bunch of video of it. You could pull a frame if you really need it. Cool, perfect. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. I mean, I knew that it was there, and then I meant to go back and get a pic um, of them, but no one was eating them yet, so I didn't want to like get one out. Oh, dude, it would have been nice to grab, like, all of them out, unwrap them, because they're, like, all individually wrapped, and do, like, some shots of just them, because they were super cool. Yeah, um, I I mean, on my way out, there were people in the elevator eating them, and I was like, that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, shit, I never got, like, a photo of them. And you looked at them, and they looked so delicious, and you're like, just let me have a bite. Just, <laughs> just let me lick that ice cream off of your face real quick. Come on. Nom, 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 nom. No, no, man. When Corinne went to grab them, I was afraid, like, when it said ice cream sandwiches, it's going to be like the uh, the black cookie on top, white frosty or white ice cream yeah, in the that, middle. That's and, what I figured. It was just like Walmart brand uh, ice cream sandwiches. No, these were like little uh, bespoke made, like, ice cream sandwiches with, like, tiny little cookies on top and bottom that were delicious on their own. And then, like, bespoke ice cream in between. So there's, like, a horchata one with, like, cinnamon cookies on either side. Uh, the one I got was, like, um, chocolate chip cookies with dark chocolate in the middle. Because I, I love chocolate. That's just me. But, man, yeah, there's this a lot wedding, of really good ones. This wedding had a, a, a tremendous amount of, like, details and, like, little things like that. And I'm just, I am a little nervous that I didn't get capture all of it. Because um, there was just the bride put a, a ton of thought into like every little aspect of this wedding. Speaking but, of uh, putting thought into things, I set up a time lapse shot on one camera, and then the battery died. Was the shot usable? Were you able to no, get it off? It or? was. It was. It was awesome. Uh, after you left, uh, Luke and I popped a, another battery in the camera and checked it out, and it was super sweet. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked you did that. That is going to definitely make the video. Did it catch any of like the, there were like raindrops because we were shooting out a window. There were like raindrops on the window and like when I, I first set it up, you could kind of see them faintly and I didn't, I didn't know if really... like they would move at all. And it was like, if they stay still, it kind of sucks and it kind of just looks bad. But if they like move and like fall down throughout the time lapse, it would be kind of sweet looking. But 
I didn't notice the raindrops. I mean, I only looked at it on the camera. I haven't yeah. looked at it on my actual computer. Um, but the 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 color of the sky changed mm-hmm. really nicely from the like day to night. And uh, it looked really good. And my guys who were shooting the other wedding that day, they did a time lapse too. Um, but they started theirs right before it started raining. Ooh, and so then yeah. their their camera got all like rained on. So all the, you got did sort of that water cameras. Uh, thankfully, they did the time lapse with one of their cameras. So my cameras are all good. Wait, I thought they were using some of your cameras, though. They were, but they were using their uh, DSLRs for the time lapse. Nice. Screw them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially because they screwed with me at my wedding by texting me. All of them texted me, letting me know that my camera had broke, my lens had been stolen, and the wedding was uh, really going terribly and kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I, I got them back. Wait, you got them back? How'd you get them back? What'd you do, Dustin? Tell me. Come on. I told them that, uh, or I texted them saying it was Corinne and that I was throwing up in the bathroom because uh, they had freaked me out so bad. And then they were so guilt-ridden that they were like freaked out that I was like super upset with them. Not that Corinne was super upset with them because I'd be more afraid of Corinne being upset than you being oh. upset. Yes, they were they were concerned with Corinne being upset with him. Yes, you were correct. Yeah, because like Dustin upset with soon, you is just like nothing, but Corinne upset with you, man. It's like rock in heaven. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. Rock in heaven <laughs> means when the you know you wouldn't want to mess with the angels. My wife is an angel. But moving on, I think that we've killed this topic to death. Killed uh, as far it as, straight to death. Long story short, Steve and I shot a wedding together. It was amazing and blissful as usual. And I'm sorry that we didn't have more BTS for you. Maybe Steve will throw some more like reback on the Instagram for those of you who didn't see it. Yeah, um, Dustin maybe he can will. do that. You can uh, go straight to the archives and repost stuff. Oh, you can? I think That's so. News- you could, you could save it out as a story, at least. You could do that, I know. Got it. Um, God, I'm learning so much from you, Stephen. <laughs> but can we just talk about this? I just added this to the show notes um, because it's something that's been happening more and more this year. And I, I want to just see if this happens to you. And forgive me if I've spoken to you about this in the past, but just simple phone etiquette when it comes to clients. When a client calls to inquire and they just simply go straight into hey are you available august 31st no no like hi my name's janelle i'm getting married here or i'm or just say you know simply hi is this steve from jen and steve wedding photography or whatever i don't understand are you picking up phone calls from numbers you don't know no, I'm getting brides who call me and simply just begin the conversation with... How are they getting your phone number and calling you? Uh, because our phone number, I believe, is on our Facebook page. And people just call that number? Yeah. They don't text it. Are you nope. sure they don't text it? Because um, young people, like millennials, they text. They don't, they don't do phone calls. I don't actually know anybody who does phone calls anymore. That's a just real me. weird thing. Just like when you said apparel. phone etiquette, I thought you were going to talk about that annoying thing you do where like I'll be riding in your van with you and then you'll take like a phone call from a friend of yours and then I'm just hostage in a van with you while you're having a personal conversation with a friend of yours, which when is like the most happen? annoying, rudest thing you could do in the world to another human being. 
Did I do that to you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, no, it's just been on my mind recently. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I've had, I've, I've, <laughs> I have had that happen to me several times. Oh, dude, I think the rudest thing you can do to another person if you're riding in a vehicle with them is to take a phone call with a third party. Like if it's like business or like an emergency with a family member or something, I completely and totally understand. If you're on like a road trip and you haven't talked to your wife in day, like in hours, maybe is, you know, a wife's a pretty important one that that could be hours, days for like a good friend or something. But like, I completely understand that kind of stuff when you're driving from like one location of a wedding to another this, and you this sounds like a recent wound and you just pick up your phone <laughs> and make a phone call to somebody and then start talking to them about just like life this and stuff just, and you're just like what the hell's going on right now like now i have to turn the music down now i have to like be quiet and not say anything so this isn't uh, like wedding etiquette, though. This is no, like this life is all, etiquette. All life, all <laughs> life. Being on a phone call around other people is one of the rudest things you can do because it stops all conversation. What are they going to do? Talk talk around you while you're on the phone? Then you can't hear the phone call anymore. Like you're putting them in this position where they have to decide if they want to be the rude people speaking so loud you can't hear, as opposed to you doing the decent thing and just walking away or just not taking the phone call. Then. I'm sorry, bud. This is this has really got you fired up. This is what I think of anytime somebody says anything about phone etiquette. You just took my little fire I had going, and you just were like, "Check out my fire." I'm sorry, I blew your thing up. Let's talk about your thing, Dustin. Come on, oh, it's brides okay. call you. They just ask if you're available because they're rude, horrible people. Just makes me feel like maybe I don't get as emotional about things as you do, and makes me feel a little less passionate. There are just some things in life that really annoy the crap out of me. And personal calls when you're stuck in an enclosed space with somebody else is, you know, it's hell on earth to me. Like if you were on an elevator and you took a phone call, like the other people on the elevator should be allowed to murder you. I see. I just, I'm one of those guys who pretends to fake a phone call on an elevator just to not talk with the people on the elevator. Yeah. I can just see you now. You just hold your phone up and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you hold one finger up to everybody else and you're like, sorry guys, this is real important. Like maybe you hold the phone back away from them, but like facing the opposite direction of them so they can't see that you're not actually on a phone call because they can't see your phone screen. Then you put it back to you and you're like, yeah, uh-huh. No, sorry. These assholes like, on this I'm elevator like, yeah. are real loud. Yeah. Larry, how many cables did you say were broken in the elevator when you came to work? Are you today? talking to Larry the cable guy? <laughs> only, only Larry the cable <laughs> guy? Only only one, so it's safe for me to yeah, get no, all the way. It's, it's me, Tow Mater. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, th there are a few cables broke up in there, <laughs> but nothing you should be concerned about. Yeah, no, I drive backwards real well. Lightning. <laughs> You've watched Woo that movie far too many times. Oh, far too many. It's Ian's favorite movie. Now he hates it with a fiery passion. But I've seen Cars One and Cars Two at least five hundred times in my adult life. Each. So. The question at hand was whether or not anybody calls you, Stephen, and just simply opens the conversation up with, hi, or maybe not even say hi, just are you open such and such date? Yeah, no, I don't take phone calls like that. I have a screening process where I send all phone calls that I don't recognize to my voicemail 
if they were calling to ask me about a wedding, they will leave a message and I will call them back within like five minutes of getting that message. So what's your, what's your, but I do not believe in this whole thing of pick up as soon as somebody calls because you might lose business because if they really wanted you, they're going to leave a voicemail because it's important to them. And if they're just calling and they're starting off with, are you available on this date? They don't really want you because if they really wanted you, they wouldn't be calling and doing that. At that point, they just want whoever's available. I just wonder if in school or life, there needs to be some sort of form of etiquette training for whenever you make a phone call, you at least begin the phone call with, hi, my name is, and then proceed into what you're calling about. Not simply, this is not a fast food order. You don't pick up the phone and say, hi, are you available, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not just like taking your Starbucks order. I'm sorry. I thought you considered your wedding business to be the Starbucks of Fort Wayne wedding photography. It is high quality. And we do repeat that quality every single time. And anybody who knows anything about coffee, much like anybody who knows anything about wedding photography, would tell you Starbucks is not high quality and Dustin's not high quality either. Boom. Boom. As long as we make that Starbucks money. I'm sorry, Dustin. I didn't mean that. That was that was real that was real shitty of me. I'm real sorry, buddy. That was a big vente cup of shit. <laughs> Don't you have little baby family members up there right now? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, but I've been to your house. You're in a loft directly over the living room where they all are right they, now. They can hear every dirty word you say. Dustin, exactly Dustin, why just, I'm just, keeping it PG. Just, just for the podcast listeners say something real dirty just real dirty just they'll know you said it your family won't know you said it come on nikon have you switched to sony is nikon a dirty word for you now no it is for you though unless is this the moment is this the moment all of our listeners have been waiting for where steven van elk announces that he is switching to the nikon the nikon the nikon nikon system no if i switch to anything i'd switch to sony yeah, you keep saying that. You keep teasing me with that. You keep saying, "Ah, oh, I'm going to switch to Sony. And then the no, moment I'm like, hey, never Steve, said can it. you shoot with me? You're like, ah, I think <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, this Canon Miller system, you hear? Yeah. No, I've never told you I'm going to switch to Sony. I just said if I was going to switch, it would be to Sony. That's the cameras that appeal to me the most. But not until they released the A7R three with the uh, dual camera slots. Or was it the A9 that had the dual camera card slots? The dual card slots? The A7R3 does have dual card slots. Yeah, because you can't shoot a wedding unless you have dual card slots so that you can write to two cards at the same time like a professional, Dustin. Like a professional. Yeah. So just just going to breeze right over that. Are you shooting to two card slots yet? It's been 25... No, maybe 30 episodes since I first gave you a real hard time about that. Have you started shooting to two cards yet? Yeah, every now and then I do. Every now and... Gosh, you shoot a wedding every other weekend. Try every weekend. Um... So yeah, Steve, you wanted to talk a little bit about some camera equipment. This is sort of out of character for you. No, Dustin, uh, I'm trying to build a show, so I added things that my co-host would be interested in because I am producing the shit out of this. I'm producing it so hard. So do you do you want to talk about this equipment or not? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. There's no part okay. of me that wants to talk about this. But Dustin, right. did you want to Moving talk about on. this? You don't want to talk about uh, the Z6 and the Z7? 
sexy I mean, names. It sounds like a BMW or something. I don't. I don't know that Nikon's uh, rumors that they're essentially ripping Sony off in every shape, way, and form. Uh, really intrigue me at this point. When the camera actually drops here in a couple weeks, uh, I think it'll be a much fun, more fun topic to actually see how it compares to uh, Sony and Nikon's current lineup in the real world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not super excited by just how blatantly obvious it is that it looks just like the Sony camera. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they'd at least... Maybe go more the Fuji route and kind of making it look sort of more like hipstery old school. And is but this now, Nikon's first mirrorless ever? Like whatever comes out, they don't have a single mirrorless on on for sale, right? I see. I thought they had sort of they had sort of that mirrorless camera that was like their J series oh, that came out okay. a while ago that were like kind of plasticky. They were like white. Oh, plastic. And, Ugh. I mean, I don't know if they're plastic. They just looked very plasticky. They were sort of that more prosumer um, lineup, and they just kind of came and went. They weren't a a big hit by any means. Mm-hmm. They were meant to be more of like a sort of a for fun kind of thing than a real pro tool. And so they sold them with the uh, ones that just print the pictures right out the side, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just right next to the Polaroids. Yep, it was like an overpriced point and shoot. Very nice, because uh, I mean, like Canon's th- had a mirrorless for a while, the M50 or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. not full frame, and most people don't really consider it a professional tool. But I've seen a lot of people using it recently for shooting video, because the colors match with like the you know Canon 5D Mark IV and Mark III and the 1D and all that kind of stuff. So they would rather stick with a Canon mirrorless than go with something else. Sure. But you're not excited sure, at sure. all? I mean, I mean, I've already kind of in my mind committed to, to going Sony in the next year, uh, like going all in on that. And so, you know, this may or may not be our last um, wedding season shooting on Nikon. Our intern, in fact, just uh, pre-ordered the Sony a7 III. Uh, so she's uh, been convinced by me to go all in and i'm like if i can convince her does that have two card slots uh that i don't know mm. that i'm not mm. i'm sure it does so you convince your intern to buy a camera that is not professional to shoot professional photography with i mean i know several wedding photographers that are shooting with it <laughs> professionally <laughs> i'm just giving you a hard time but it's uh it seems to be everything you need in a camera the a7 III uh, had I not already bought the A7R3, um, I would have saved $1,000 and bought the A7 III because apparently it has a much better focusing system and uh, a newer sensor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm curious, like Steve, to see what the A7S III has to offer come this fall. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what that that has to bring to the party because that is sort of what I'm waiting on before I make the switch um, because I think that will just be an amazing camera. And if it is, then I might pick up one of those and I might pick up an a7 III and just call it a day. Have you uh, have you ever looked at like the Fujifilm cameras, like the X-T2s uh, and stuff? Uh, I have. I've looked at them. I've not personally shot with them. 
Um, I have friends out of Ohio, the fine folks over at Style and Story Creative, Ben Adams mm-hmm. and Ben Hartley, uh, that we interviewed. They shoot with the Fuji stuff, and uh, they've got great things to say. They've told me they don't feel that it really competes with uh, the Canon stuff. Um, but what they realized is that people, their clients, could not tell the difference um, yeah. as far as quality goes. So once they got over their own egos as far as equipment goes, um, they realized that they were still providing their clients great photos. They just, um, it wasn't about them as far as the gear went. And it has allowed them to kind of shoot sort of like you do, where you just literally. You know how I have the big roller bag and I'm kind of like gear heavy all day. They just have one uh, shoulder bag and it has all the lenses they need all day and, you know, two flashes. And that in that sounds like a really, really heavy shoulder bag. I only ever have like one or two lenses in my shoulder bag. And yeah, but you have to remember the micro four thirds or the non full frame lenses are like smaller. So small. They're so freaking lightweight and small. And so if you have a zoom, a 50 and a wide, that's all you need. And you, you know, one is obviously on your camera and then you have two in that bag that are the size of like, you know, a matchbox car, maybe a little bigger than that, but you get the idea. It's like nothing. So I don't know. It's tempting. Um, I have a friend who shoots a lot with his GH5 Mm-hmm. and is loving the image results out of that. He still doesn't feel that it compares to his Nikon, but getting good stuff. See, I've worked with some second shooters who use the Fuji system, and like while they're posing people well, their composure looks great and everything, when I look at the actual photos, like the bokeh looks like swirly and weird, and like it just doesn't look as good. So I'm not a big fan of them. Whereas I've worked with people who, who shoot with the Sonys, and those just look great to me. Like barely even tell the difference like there's difference in like the color tones and stuff like that that you have to correct for but as far as like image quality goes i feel like sony's like right up there already and i feel like the other people have a lot of work to do so ironically enough as i sit here recording this podcast with you uh one of my friends who just made the switch from nikon to sony this week just texted me and said just did his first full photo shoot with all sony Mm -hmm. and is absolutely in love with it. Even did some off-camera flash stuff, and uh, and he's definitely fully sold on switching. Dustin, I am ready to move into Q and A. Do you want to go into Q and A with me, or did we ask Q and A when we went to season two of the podcast? Uh, we got to keep up with some of that Q and A. Let's do some Q and A. Let's do it. First up, Bex from Facebook Groups asked, do you use a polarized filter for middle-of-the-day outdoor weddings? No. Next question. Dustin, why would somebody use a polarized filter for middle-of-the-day outdoor weddings? Sure. Um, So, I think it was like, gosh, like probably like maybe six or seven years ago, I toyed with them. I bought one of the like uh, gradiated polarizing filters, mm-hmm. um, or it might have been a radiated neutral density filter um, to try to pull back more of the sky. 
into my photos yeah uh, when I was doing outdoor portraits and now with like Lightroom and you know these different dynamic range ranges that you can get on these cameras it's just insane mm-hmm. um, you just a quick gradient gradient filter in Lightroom done um, but as far as like UV filters if that's what they're talking about I know a lot of people put UV filters on their lenses simply to protect the lenses in case you know they bump up against something or drop it um, I've never put one on my cameras and I'm super rough with my stuff and I've only broken all my lenses once <laughs> so wait, 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 you've I'm... only broken all your lenses once like in one fail swoop you broke all your lenses or like just over time mm. they break and then you repair just them over t- or send them yeah, in or whatever just just over time all right what about you what what's your take on filters my take on filters um we do not use polarized filters the last time i used polarized filters was when i was shooting video and that was to get rid of glare on the water because um, I was shooting on a waterfront. But with photos, I've never really felt the need to use it. If I'm shooting outdoor middle of the day weddings, I just bump up my uh, shutter speed really, oh. really high. So, I mean, the 5D Mark IV can shoot it with like what? Uh, one five thousandth of a second or something ridiculous like that. I don't know the actual number, but I just know I've gotten it really high before and if it's an outdoor wedding, like for the ceremony, like once I'm that high, like if I were to go that high, if it's the ceremony, I probably don't care that much about having like a real creamy looking background or, you know, that creamy bokeh in the background. So I'd be okay with moving my F stop up to like five or six and like, who cares? Like just get everything in focus. It's the ceremony. That's what they really want is to be able to see things there. So does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny you say that because uh, for the listeners out there, Steve's background is in video. Um, so when he thinks like you know four or five thousand shutter speed is like crazy, whereas like my background is in photography. Um, so I've always shot you know pro line Nikon equipment, and so like their standard or their high shutter speed for a Nikon is eight thousand. And it wasn't until recently with their seven fifty series they dropped it down to four thousand. Mm-hmm as the like highest shutter speed you could go to get you like to go to the pro suit, you know, the pro level, if you yeah. wanted that higher shutter speed. And that was like an outcry of people like, why only 4,000? it's like 4,000 still so high, but it's like when you're used to 8,000 shutter speed, it's like, oh, you're cutting my shutter speed literally in half. Yeah. Uh, I was used to in video having <laughs> 30 frames per second <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no such thing as shutter speed then. It's not right. like now with a DSLR where you can shoot 30 frames per second and then like bump your shutter speed up to 60 or something like that. Like, yeah, you just don't have that that goodness that you have now with the DSLRs because the uh, the video cameras I was always using were just not that. It's a whole new game yeah. out there, my friend. The game needs change, but we ain't changing shit. Boom. Oh, Caitlin from the Facebook groups asks, how do you keep track of what poses you do at a wedding? Uh, that's something I'm really bad about um, personally, because I don't ever think of, I don't have like a pose list in my mind. Um, I'm more situational. Like I base what we photograph based on where we are. I try to switch up the location and where we are sh- taking the picture versus the pose. Um, I have obviously like three go-to poses in my mind. 
um, as to like things that I know will always produce. Uh, what, what are those go-to poses that are in your mind? Is it like um, bride pretending to perform fellatio on the groom, groom pretending <laughs> to perform cunnilingus on the bride, and the last ones like hugging and both grabbing each other's asses? Uh, yes, all three of those are my typical go-tos, but when I'm not photographing strippers a- in Fort Wayne, strippers in Fort Wayne wedding. Um, I go with a more (laughs) traditional approach. Um, Typically just really like a strong embrace with, you know, foreheads and noses touching, but not quick, not kissing is always like tongues out connecting the two of them, not kissing tongues out, tongues touching French kiss, but like a gross, ugly French kiss where you can see the tongues. Yes. And you you typically do like a silhouette shot with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just really, really want to get that shadow, get it real good. Real good. Want to make it look kind of like a monster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a two-person monster. Tongues sewing yes. together. Yes. Forget the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so that's my first one. My second one is uh, the bride with her back to the groom. Uh, up to his chest with him wrapped up around her just super tight and snuggly um Mm, and then my third one and then my third one is just the two of them uh holding hands walking towards me looking and laughing at each other those are like my three like out of the box i know these will always produce something fairly good um and hopefully lead to some sort of a candid moment between the two and it's just more me kind of positioning their bodies in a flattering way Mm-hmm. So I don't know what do you what do you do, Steve? Uh, well, Dustin, I do not keep track of what poses I do on a wedding day. I just kind of have an idea in my head, and I tr- kind of try to mix it up a little bit and just say, uh, I want to do this pose or that pose. Um, this is suiting for the position or wherever they are. Just like you said, I mean, uh, poses that I would say always work. Basically, the ones you said always work, and <laughs> there are a bunch of other ones that basically always work. Just things that make them look like they're in love with each other so uh you didn't steer anybody wrong there i'm proud of you buddy but i'm also kind of disappointed this is supposed to be fun joke times and you didn't give me any fun jokes well i've got you know a <sighs> bunch of people sleeping here beside me you gotta so, keep the laughter down to a minimum when i do think about keeping track of poses what i'm thinking about is like if the bride and groom send me a muscle list and there's like three or four different things in there um what i do is i create a note in my iphone app that note will have the timeline it'll have the muscle list it'll have the family portraits and as i go through all those things um i just put a smiley face emoji next to them if i get them and if the bride and groom say oh we don't really want to do that right now i put a frowning devil face emoji next to it so that way i keep track of what we got and what we didn't get uh, the one thing that I am really bad and forgetful about on wedding and or engagement sessions is I don't do a tremendous amount of sitting mm-hmm. poses. Um, I, for some reason, it just never, it's just something that doesn't occur to me of like, oh, they have this like $3,000 wedding dress. Like, let's make them sit down in it. Um, <laughs> let's make them sit down in it. Maybe have them like lean forward a little bit, put their elbows on their knees and oh, get their face just squinched up real nice and tight. Like they're concentrating real hard on pushing out a turd. That's right. That's what sitting shots usually look like to me. There are a few poses I think you can do sitting wise, but it's got to be something casual, something kind of like relaxed in my thought. But I typically feel the same way you do. Like, why would I make the bride sit down in that dress 
Yeah. I mean, you walked in on uh, us doing... <laughs> what did I walk in on you doing, Dustin? Do you really want to tell the listeners about what I walked in on you doing at the wedding? Yeah, at the wedding we did together, you walked in, or walked out, rather, on the only <laughs> sitting pose we did with that I walked in, and it was so disgusting, I had to walk out immediately. <laughs> and I told Dustin, I'm never working for you anymore. Do you want to tell them what kind of sitting photo this was, Dustin? Uh, this was by the bride's request. Oh, yeah. With. Yeah, she's she's dirty, isn't she? Uh, we did, there's, at the venue, they had a beautiful red uh, sofa in the lobby, and she wanted to do sort of a more, um, I don't know, like a vogue It's like a hiked type. up dress, her sitting on the groom's laps with his pants unzipped sort of shot, <laughs> right? And then immediately, uh, how I immediately <laughs> after that, you moved the bride and groom over and um, you brought down some of the cupcakes and you had them step on the cupcakes and squish them. And I was like, this is really odd and weird. And that's why I walked out. <laughs> but it's some of their favorite imagery. <laughs> They're really into the squish fetish stuff. Yeah, you guys will have to go to our uh, Facebook page to look for the... Uh... The teasers. Oh my gosh. If you if you fake some squish fetish, I don't even know if that's what it's called. Squash fetish? Whatever it is. No, Photos that's a different and, thing altogether. Just post it to your Facebook. That would make my day. <laughs> All right, Dustin, I know that you've got to wrap it up because you got family members spending the night tonight. So thank you, everybody out there, for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher, or wherever you can leave a five-star review and leave a five-star review. That would be awesome. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at WedPickHangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben, and Steven is at Steven Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Where's your music, Dustin? There it is. There's the music. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dustin, I know you got to go. You got family in town, but was there anything you wanted to tell me about? What's, What's going on with Dustin? Mm, I just wanted to say, man, happy anniversary. Thank you so much, Dustin. Ten years. Ten years of you and Jennifer together, and you guys got matching tattoos. Can we talk about that briefly? Can we bring that up? Can we have a conversation about the ink that is now on your skin forever? Yeah, I actually um, just took the the uh, like bandage thing off. So it's all healed up. Can you see it, Dustin? Can, can you it, see it, it in the light? It, it's fr- it's sort of, the way the light is, it's sort of fringing a little bit. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Is it it's, fringing? Is it fr- it's just fringe. There's is some it fringe? fringe? Yeah. Yeah. It's, go- it's some fringe light going on. For those of on you who don't know what Dustin's getting at, one of uh, Jen and I's favorite TV shows that has ever been on air is the show Fringe. And in the show Fringe, there is a significant thing with a white tulip. It's a sketch of a white tulip, and um, it's a sign of hope and forgiveness. And one of the characters gives it to another one of the characters in like the season finale as like a sign that something spectacular happened. I won't spoil it for everybody out there. It is one of my favorite shows, and uh, I would love it if everybody went out and just binged right through it. There's only like four or five seasons. Some of them are only like 12 episodes long. 
Because it went out in like a blaze of glory towards the end because it got canceled. Uh, yeah, no, it did get cut short. Um, that's what happens sometimes, buddy. Not everybody likes so, that good, good stuff. I mean, uh, oh, I love Firefly that show, got canceled then, after one season. So that was another great show. Yeah. So Jen and I got matching tattoos. She got a white tulip, the sketch on her shoulder, and then I got it on the back of my left arm. So it, does that signify your marriage is hope and forgiveness? Yeah. Jen's or, forgiven me so many times after all the times I've cheated on her with plants. I've got some strange fetishes. So she's forgiving you and then you're hopeful that she will someday love you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're just not allowed to have any more um, bonsai trees in the house. That's, that's just the thing. <laughs> don't don't ask any questions. You know, I don't want to make I'm this not. podcast too weird. No. So. No, no questions here. Uh, it's it's a personal thing for us. It's not just about the movie, um, but I, I mean the TV show. But it struck a chord with us um, with things we were going through at the time in our life when we were watching the show, and it's remained like a constant thing in our minds. And anytime we've ever talked about like getting tattoos, uh, Jen's always talked about getting the white tulip. And I originally was going to get a ring tattoo, and the guy at the tattoo parlor kind of talked me out of it. And um, I always said like if jen got a white tulip i was thinking like maybe i could get one too like in a mirror thing of hers so like i mirrored jen so hers is her right shoulder mine's my left arm and mine i had them like mirror the image on mine i don't know it just so it was something it that hurt? made me feel connected to her did it hurt i've never obviously had a tattoo you know it's it, it hurts a little bit it's not too bad though um it's it's going up the back of my left arm and the cl- higher up it gets like the closer it gets to the armpit the more it hurts because your armpits like that area around them is sensitive more sensitive yeah um but i mean it's it's kind of like going to it's kind of like having somebody scratch you <laughs> i mean that's basically what it is they're scratching you with needles and injecting ink into your skin so uh, it's kind of just like having somebody scratch you really slowly so if that hurts then yeah yeah this hurts. so can I ask, was this a planned thing or was this sort of a spontaneous decision? It's something we've been talking about for a while. And um, I told Jen uh, we weren't going to do anything for our 10 year anniversary gift wise for each other because we're going to the Dominican and we're doing some other stuff this year. Um, Visit, lots of visits to Fort Wayne to yes, see me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all the plant themed strip clubs. Um, but, you know, yeah. that's just. Jen's not going to listen to this episode. I'm going to tell her not to. So she doesn't need to know that that's still going on. Um, Bonsai. Man, I can't believe I just said that. Oh, oh. Um, no, but yeah. So we weren't going to get each other um, any gifts uh, this year. And on the day of, I had like done some research. I'd found some different places and I was like, let's go get tattoos. <laughs> Cause we've been talking about it for a really long time. And Jen was like, what? And so it took a while for her to wrap her head around it. Um, Cause I was just like, yeah, no, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I thought this is something we could do today. And she's like, you didn't tell me that this is something you thought we could do today ahead of time. And I was like, yeah, no, I wanted it to be a surprise. And apparently that like saying, let's go get tattoos is like a surprise. Cool thing to do is not something you should ever do. <laughs> so uh, then we, we waited for a while um, to make sure to vet out the place that we wanted to go to do, do a little more research. Um, and then when our son came home from school, we went as a family 
And so our son and daughter got to watch us get tattoos. And by they got to watch us get tattoos, I mean, they sat in front of a TV that was playing Beauty and the Beast and then decided that uh, that wasn't good enough for them. And so our son went out to the car and got his tablet and uh, the iPad and (laughs) gave our daughter the iPad so she could uh, play games on the iPad and he could play games on his tablet. So they wouldn't have to watch Beauty and the Beast and they also wouldn't have to watch their mom and dad What's the word I'm looking for here? Get inked. Get inked. Uh, deface their body. Is that no? Deface, deface isn't really body. the right word, but ah, uh, yeah. Make mm, their bodies unclean and unholy in the eyes of God. <laughs> Depends what book you read. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Awesome that you guys made it ten years. But here's the other thing: it was our one year anniversary for the podcast, and Dustin and I actually both got tattoos of yeah. the wedding photo hangover logo on our chests. Yeah, I can't wait uh, for mine to take the bandage off so that uh, Steve and I can uh, share that with you guys on the uh, super uh, secret Patreon page. Oh, Dustin, we don't have a Patreon page. That's why it's super secret, yeah. Steve. Not even you but know about it. <laughs> if listeners did want to support us, they can do that now. If you like the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast and you've stuck around this far, then you must really like it because most people shut off right after I read the whole thing about it being the end. If you jump on to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover, you can now support the podcast. You can sign up to give 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. And we would love you forever. Yes, we would totally love you forever. Yeah, tomorrow uh, is my wife's 30th birthday. Nice. And I am throwing her a last minute impromptu surprise party. Is that why the family's Uh, in town or just? No, it's all very coincidental. So I figured I should take advantage of this and try to pull something together. I will update you next week on how this all goes down. Cool. I look forward to hearing about that. You better better do right by your wife yeah so if you remember from episode something or other uh my wife did a surprise birthday party for me for my 30th uh earlier this year which i didn't make Uh, it to because i'm a terrible friend doesn't truly love me um so yeah so i'm uh you you quickly realize when you're trying to plan something like this who uh like you start to question who are my like who are my wife's friends and who would be willing to drive to Fort Wayne on this short a notice? And, uh, and what strip clubs do we have to go to in Fort Wayne to bring in the most people, the most family-friendly strip clubs, so to speak? Yeah, that that is true. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Probably I'll, a furry uh, one. The kids mm-hmm. would probably like to see that. The animals. Yeah, I was t- gonna take her to one of those tree ones. Isn't there? Uh, isn't there a furry one? I think it's called Chuck E. Cheese. I was gonna take her to that one called Crazy Penis. <laughs> oh gosh. Or it might be called Crazy Pins. I'm not not hundred oh, percent sure. The bowling themed one. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, either or. Oh, Dustin. Right. Have a good night, Steven. See you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. I love you too. Bye. Right, that's a show. Stop that. That was a big vente cup of shit. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!